0: And welcome to another top 10 debate. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadley boys, Michael Hamflut from What Culture, to talk about the worst WWE matches of 2021. So far. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Cool Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw and SmackDown, but also NXT, AEW Dynamite, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on WrestleCulture as I said though joined by Michael Hamford to talk about his article the 10 worst WWE matches of 2021 so far and my only real question to start this off Hamford is not what was the inspiration behind this list but how did you keep it down to 10?
1: listen i'm glad that was your one question because we don't have a a comment section anymore on the website because they're gross however when the articles go up on twitter the um instant replies kind of act as a comment section instead and i skimmed over as i do when it's you know certain pieces go up that i'm keen to see the response to and naturally the first reply was "Hmm, where's the 10 worst aw matches of the year and i didn't reply because i thought i feel like that's a bad faith response to a, a list idea but i did, in the moment, think, all right, name them, give me 10. Like, Dynamite is far from perfect, and I feel like I'm fairly balanced in my assessment of the good and bad of AEW, generally speaking, across our output, but find me 10. felt like the bad matches in Dynamite are very good or, like, very earnest attempt at being good. Everyone's working towards the rankings. Everything feels booked. Everything feels like it serves a purpose, you know? So even when a match falls apart, it's like, well, the idea was for this and this and this, and you just want to... Instill it with a bit of heart, like name 10. And like I throw that out in the invite to the reply states, name me 10 bad, actively bad AW matches this year, and we'll see if we can put a response list together to this one. In contrast, as you say, we watch three hours of Monday Night Raw every week. We watch two hours of a slightly overpraised SmackDown every week. We watch two hours of an all over the shop NXT every week. And at least once a month, a pay per view that is. From a company that, in terms of Sunday night shows now, is schizophrenic in nature, shall we say. You get the very best on those Sunday nights, but you also often get some of the very worst too. Um, It was fun to collate. And let's just say, as we go through this list, that one or two characters in particular lead you down wormholes that then suddenly result in you having to feature them Over and over and over again, even if you are sick to the back arse of talking about them
0: yeah I, I can only describe this as like a kid being invited into a sweet shop and then going pick what you want and i'm like oh, i don't know what i want first <laughs> like you say when i read read the title of this list and I, i'm gonna apologize in advance because normally what i do is we do like half of the entries and then i say go and check out the rest of the list. i'm probably going to scatter all over the place and ruin the entire list but please go and support michael Hamlet at whatculture.com and check out the, some of his other lists because they're, they're fantastic but I suppose the one place we have to start with this list, and I also I'm going to apologise in advance because we're definitely mentioning the number one entry on this list. I normally try and avoid it. <laughs> well, that was the I read that and went, well, that better be on there. Where's that? Yeah, it's number one, brilliant. But let's start at the show of shows. Let's start a WrestleMania 37, which had some phenomenal matches across both nights. You had the Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks match, which obviously was arguably the match of the weekend and won an SB, if I'm not mistaken, very recently. And obviously, you had the the triple threat with Roman, Edge, Brian, and there's loads more I could mention: Seth and Cesaro, and and a a whole host of other matches. But let's talk about a match that a six-month build and was seven minutes long. Oh god,
1: oh man! Um, I have touched upon this in the list entry, but Bray Wyatt has entered some rarefied critical analysis air of late. In, in my heart. My heart, which we are born, I want to say every time we sit down to record a podcast is pure. Every criticism comes from pure heart. I apply that rule to everything I talk about. If I'm being critical of something, it's just because of how I feel. If it's praise, it's not forced and performative. Pure heart. And the pure heart that I've got no longer wishes to be critical of Bray Wyatt in much the same way that we kind of felt guilty criticizing retribution. That's the... The basement that the fiend descended to at WrestleMania, which is something considering that he popped out the fucking Jack in the Box uh, that we're talking about him ascending to a basement. It well, went a box-like structure, but okay, <laughs> a box-like structure, of course. And um, it, yeah, there, we talked about retribution because. in a a way that was almost sympathetic towards the end, because look at how many wrestlers WWE cuts these days, and this is the kind of thing that can lose a wrestler their job. This is booking that can completely shelve a career once and for all. And it certainly feels like The Fiend is done. Uh, He's obviously not appeared, save for that one post-WrestleMania Raw appearance, I think it was, Mm -hmm. where it was almost like a waving goodbye to Bray Wyatt for a little while. This character hasn't appeared on screen, and it barely appeared after it was burnt alive at Christmas. We got about three appearances of the Burnt Lobster, the Burnt Girl, as uh, Sidgwick referred to as like, I forget the exact terminology, but I always think of it as Tommy Dick Fingers when he like, sort of first appeared from beneath the canvas at Fastlane. Um, and this match felt like a dark celebration and send-off to the mess WWE had made with The Fiend. Um, <laughs> the man kicked out of being burned to death, but was put down with the draping DDT and a fucking RKO. In, and let's not forget this, right? So bear in mind, me and you, we didn't put up with it. We actively celebrated this ridiculous angle because we eagerly awaited Five Life One House 2, didn't we? Hmm. Like the sequel, Orton was the perfect guy to put through the same trials that John Cena was put through one year earlier in this remarkable artistic triumph. Um, And we eagerly awaited that. And the announcement never came. And the announcement never came. And it felt like they were teasing it. And then they walked it back. And we said, well, all right. They've not announced it. But, like, you're not going to get Burned Fiend. You're going to get some sort of, like, wild comeback. And at least Randy's going to lose. And he's not going to no-sell the projections like he did at WrestleMania 33. Like, oh, Bray, your markets idea was crap. Bang, RKO. (laughs) Not only did he no-sell all that, he did it in less time than it took him to do at WrestleMania 33. (laughs) This was an advertisement that Bray Wyatt has gotten worse objectively in the time since WrestleMania 33. Like, Orton looked at this and thought, I, I, can, I think I can have you in five. Like, he made a bet with it. He set his own beat the clock challenge at WrestleMania
0: 37, and he beat it. Yeah, I, I realised I gave him far too much credit. I said it went down in seven minutes. It went down in five minutes and 50 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and about 50 of those seconds was... That Alexa Bliss would... Black goo. Oh, more goo stuff. Great. It was just preposterous. And I suppose it's going to lead further into more of these entries because, I mean, at, at least, let me just a glance at this, about half of this list is fiend-adjacent stuff, but we'll, we'll get to that in due course. Instead, let's stick with WrestleMania 37. And, <laughs> I mean, if a gif ever summed up a match... It's Mandy Rose falling down this (laughs) round at WrestleMania 37 for Tag Team Turmoil, the highlight of which got released about five days later, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah, yes, it did. Well, well, two highlights. One got released, one got cut off the the network replays of the show, which was Mandy Rose's slip. Like Mandy Rose, this match just couldn't stand up, could it? (laughs) WWE had done absolutely nothing to um, make you care about the women's tag team titles ahead of WrestleMania. If you recall, uh, the go-home Raw featured like a load of women in a room and Adam Pace is like, oh, fine, tag team turmoil, just shut the fuck up and get out of my office. <laughs> so all of them were lined up in this match, um, which went on so goddamn long. Like, it was so amazing having crowds back. And it felt on the night as if so little could dampen audience enthusiasm. Remember, of course, that uh, Thunderstorm had already threatened to do just that. You had um, Samoa Joe in a poncho. show. You had fans being corralled into the concourses because they were genuinely worried about being struck by lightning an hour before showtime. It was as if the universe had, was telling Vince McMahon, not yet, not yet, it is not time. And yet the show went ahead. Loads of things were amazing. Something won an SB. It just felt good. Even Tamina got a huge response in this match. It was kind of the response that ultimately drove WWE to give Natalia and Tamina, this token tag title reign that they currently have today, put um, the rest of this match reeked. Man, it was so rubbish, and it was hard. Um, it was hard to criticise it because obviously they just had days to pull together something. The booking was not um, was not satisfying in the way that a tag team turmoil can be. You didn't have uh, like Liv Morgan and Ruby Wright went on a minor babyface run before ultimately, like, falling short at the last. But it wasn't like they were team number one and they'd gutted their way through, you know? It wasn't like they'd done the the long hero's journey or anything like that. So it wasn't booked particularly to look after one team or another. The ramp clearly wasn't mopped or swept beforehand. Um, Yeah, you've got, like... (laughs) So, yeah, all right, let's work through this together. Carmella and Billy Kay were a team. Remember that? Of course you don't. But they were a team for a few weeks and then Billy Kay was released. Liv Morgan and Ruby Wright were still a team, um, but weren't given the hero's journey. Doesn't matter. Ruby Wright was released shortly after that. Naomi and Lana was this like almost last ditch effort for Lana to get somewhere. Yet another tag partner that she was like saddled with in the case of Naomi to try and get her over. It doesn't matter because she was released not long after the show anyway, and that team was disbanded. So little of this mattered beyond Tamina getting a few pops. It was full of botches um, and worse still, you had a match the next night that wasn't didn't really promise a great deal. You know, like on a stacked night two, the women's tag team title match felt like filler. And with a crowd returning for the first time in one year, one month and one day,
0: you didn't want anything to feel like filler. And that's all this established. Mm. And, and let's not forget, out of all this, out of nearly half an hour's worth of wrestling across both nights, nothing happened with the tag tiles. You say like, oh, they gave him this lovely run. Yeah, but not WrestleMania. They went, oh, bollocks. They're really, they're really liked by the crowd. Let's give them the titles then. But too late now. And yeah. that was the second longest match at night two of WrestleMania, Nia Jackson and Shenmueza versus Nintendo Tamina. And aside from, like you say, a big reaction for Tamina, cannot remember a single thing that happened in that. And like you say, I mean, look at the state of the sodding women's tag team title pitch. It's better on NXT. Remember when we sat there and went, why did they put NXT tag titles on there? because oh, they've yeah. got a stacked tag division now compared to the main roster. Who have we got left? They can still book. They can still book a bit on NXT, you know. That's the... Who genuinely, not to go off topic here, but who genuinely have we got left? We've got Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler who held the titles forever and just still... Well, can I, can I just stop you there? As of
1: recording, uh, you say we've got Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Um, we've got a planned tag team title match where the challengers are no longer a tag team.
0: Yeah, because you've got three... <laughs>
1: Mandy Rose is gone, so the number one contenders are no longer even contenders. Dana Brooke needs a partner; otherwise, that match is dead.
0: Who else is there? Is there? There's the two <laughs> champions. There's a team that's. I mean, one. see after... and Nux. Of course. How could I possibly forget a team that a week ago didn't exist on the main roster? <laughs> that a week ago had, t- had surnames and first names. But yeah, tag team turmoil. Uh, what an absolute joke that is. Oh, my God. Um, Let's talk about Charlotte Flair before we get to the the home straight and and just really go two footed on the rest of this list. (laughs) She came back and we all thought, Great, Charlotte Flair's back. For as much as people piss and moan about her, she drags great matches out of everyone. There was a moment a year or two ago where even the most negative of Charlotte Flair fans, and I would count myself amongst them a few years back, when, hang on a second, Becky Lynch had the best match of her career with her, Bailey's had the best match of her career with Sasha, blah, 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 blah. And there's one thing that's true amongst this, and it's Charlotte Flair. And so when she started feuding with Lacey Evans, and we'll talk about why she started feuding with Lacey Evans as well, you thought, oh, well, I mean, I wouldn't do that of everyone you could have picked. But I suppose if anyone's going to show her the ropes and, 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 you know, drag a great match out of her, it's going to be Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair hasn't been very good since she came back, is she? And this match from, from Raw in February was almost the personification of that. And what the hell was this storyline as well? man, Like, one thing
1: that plays to WWE's advantage about them being such a, like, churning, unending content factory is, and you've already said this on a podcast about a match, and I dare say you could say it again about other ones, is not being able to remember the details of the, the bang average. You know, there's so much churn that a lot of one, two, three star matches happen. And it just feels like they pass without event. You talk about them on the night, they're there to facilitate nothing in particular and then they're gone forever. So the good ones stand up. And unfortunately for WWE, the bad ones do too. And that was, I think, what was happening with Charlotte when she first returned. It took a long time for a good Charlotte Flair match to emerge from the dirge of stuff that like defined her comeback. I think the Rhea Ripley matches here and there, the Asuka triple threat, one of the singles matches, Have been passable had it not been for that being the worst storyline of the year Mm. like that is without hyperbole the worst storyline of 2021 for me and it's impacting the matches horrendously but the work has been there charlotte Flair's found her footing again in the ring but there was definitely a period of awkward ring rust that showed itself in this lacey evans feud this was from a monday night raw on february the 8th and i feel it important to put the dates because again a Raw, especially in the Thunderdome era, just looks like any other Raw and you might not be able to go find it if you want to reference this point. This match is a, in Turkey. Like it's an actively bad, industry-exposing match. It's remembered probably, I was going to say most fondly, but that's not the word I'm looking for. But if you recall a spot where Charlotte has to run the length of the ring corner to corner to hit Lacey Evans with a slap so she can call a spot to remind her what's coming next. Um, she kind of has to like dart across the ring, hit her full across the face, and Lacey Evans doesn't really know it's coming. But she's obviously forgotten what it's supposed to do, so Charlotte has to call like six things over the course of the slap. Look, maybe Lacey Evans was tired from all the uh, full penetrative sex she was having with Ric Flair in hotels every week. <laughs> maybe she was exhausted. Flair certainly looked it. He was pinker than you in the sun every single week when he came out there. Why is that, commentary team? Because they've been fucking... Like, there. Uh, it was... I. Just absolutely miserable crack. Um, but mercifully, the end was nigh. This was as much as we'd get. Um, this, astonishingly, as bad as this was, and it did stink, was match to build a match stuff. We were led to believe that we were headed towards Charlotte Flair versus Lacey Evans at Elimination Chamber, possibly with lover or leave her, like stakes attached. Ric Flair had to be separated from Lacey if Charlotte beat her what was how was this going to remember like wondering how this was going to impact charlotte flair's wrestlemania plans which turned out to be oh not at all she's just not going to be on the show yep. <laughs> just this this wrote around with things completely but um lacey evans announced um the following week that she was real life pregnant and it was not going to be a stepbrother or sister for charlotte flair it was indeed with her husband and the angle had to go in the bin immediately and not before time do you reckon that vince went can we
0: say Rick's the dad
1: or thousand percent, one thousand percent? She comes in, she's pissed on the stick backstage. Probably that day. Yeah. Um, it's not even like the twelve weeks deal. It's she's just late that day and she's tried and she's pregnant, and she says, "Listen, Vince, I can't work. Um, I'm pregnant." And he's like, "Oh no, bother. Ah, ah, we uh, I'm just having a laugh. We're we gonna say it's Rick's. i just having a laugh. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think so either. I'm just having a laugh. <laughs> it's not a joke." I didn't mean it. I didn't already have this script prepared. It just pulls out this long scroll. It's the first thing that they've done any long-term storytelling in like 10 years. <laughs> no, we're not going to have the baby coming out in a robe. No, we've not got a baby robe already designed and tailored and made. Oh, no, that'd be stupid. They're just like, there's a box of gimmicks that they're just pushing off to one side. Yeah! <laughs> Dummies that when you take them out with the toy, the little toy baby goes, woo, and then you put the dummy back in. No, 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 we What do you mean getting merchandise knocked up? I don't know what you've seen. I don't know what you've heard. You have enjoyed maternity. We'll see you later. Oh. Yeah, crazy. That must be baby brain. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, burn the toys. Burn the toys.
0: A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated Wow did we just write an ad? yes Bombus big comfort for everyone go to bombus.com/ acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase
0: before we go any further though this show is sponsored by better help now we all carry around different stresses they can be. a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash whatculture. Right, let's move on and, uh, well, try and cover a lot of ground uh adjacent I suppose to the the Bray Wyatt storyline uh we'll give a nod to the match between alexibus and Randy Orton of Fastlane that <laughs> I suppose technically happened um but we have to talk about the match between Asuka and Alexa Bliss from January on Monday Night Raw which match both of them because they were all <laughs> awful and they merit two different spots in this list don't they
1: Yes, absolutely they do. January the 18th and January the 25th, Asuka fought Alexa Bliss. Um, Asuka was the um, willfully neglected Raw Women's Champion at the time, and doesn't that feel like a million years ago? And both of these matches were attempts, if you can recall from our reviews, attempts to figure out how to integrate this new Alexa Bliss character into being a wrestler. They were trying to have their... I was going to say file-filled cake because it's the type of thing you give to a prisoner and that's where nonces <laughs> are. Um, Have their cake and eat it too um, with this Alexa Bliss gimmick and it did not work. So nowadays, and um, we're recording this in July for anybody listening to this historically, Um, Alexa Bliss, is, let's be honest, she's virtually a baby face in this role. Um, But she just comes to the ring in this new gear, in this new attire. She looks a bit like weird. She occasionally hypnotizes people, but she also grabs a hold once in a while. She's like, should I hypnotize you? I should have grabbed a headlock. I just don't know. Like, but she's just here all the time. She's got the, um, like the infantilized look, the dress, the, she comes, she bounds off a swing to the ring, but it's the whole thing. You don't get a switching between characters in the blink of a fucking eye mm-hmm. so uh where should we start let's go with the let's do this chronologically the 18th of january was the first attempt to try and figure this thing out um main event alexa Bl- main event main event of monday night raw um dominant and unstoppable raw women's champion is scared by little girl like that's what she is <laughs> she's terrified by alexa blaze basically starting again as a baby um Alexa Bliss brings the lights down. Nothing inherently wrong with that. It's all very Undertaker Kane. Bray Wyatt himself, fair. We're kind of excited One second,
0: that. One she's, second. She's, I, forgot, I forgot who we're talking about here. I'm just going to unplug her. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um. Yes, so Little Miss Bliss, and she's never been more
1: Little Miss Bliss, let's be honest. <laughs> um, was in the ring, dancing around. Everything's fine. Everything's happy. I'm spooky. But it's not something to be scared of, ask her. Um. Have a, like two and a half minute wrestling match. And it's not bad. Like Alexa Bliss hasn't forgotten how to wrestle, yeah. even if creative have forgotten how to book her. It's not half bad, you know? It's a match between Asuka and Alexa Bliss. It's going absolutely fine. And then Asuka um, sort of whips her into the corner and Alexa Bliss suddenly switches her color scheme from a black, sorry, from a pink ensemble to a black one. She's gone dark, Will She's dark and now Asuka's terrified. Like, the last two minutes don't mean anything anymore. They may well have not happened. It was a waste of fucking time. Um, and Askers absolutely terrified because Alexa's in her black gear. Like, think about, like, what it would have been to face Randy Orton all these 20 years before he finally wore the white tights just once. But, like, anyway, Asker's absolutely terrified because she's now in black. The commentators have started whispering. I don't like using this terminology for something so frivolous, but they're doing their Owen heart voices. Oh, my God. What's... Uh what's Alexa Bliss doing? Who is, who is this person? Who was she? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and she's got magic powers now. So Asuka is kicking the sh- out of her. Like these are the kicks that earned her the 500 plus day undefeated streak on NXT. <laughs> Made her the most dominant NXT Women's Champion of all time. They have booted everyone's favorite wrestlers heads off for years. And Alexa Bliss is no selling because she's got black hair. She's got Bray Wyatt's powers, which we would learn, apparently, only last five minutes at WrestleMania. But she's got these magic spooky powers. Uh, Asuka is stopping just short of looking at hands like Shawn Michaels. What have I done to find myself in this world? <laughs> and what do I do with this inner turmoil? But then suddenly, um, Alexa Bliss has switched again, back to her normal self. And she simply mimes, are you ready? Because we've not been able to dust this one off in a while, Yvonne. Let me in. <laughs> she says, she gives it the full beans, let me in in a lip sync job as his voice is played over the PA. And in the most raw finish to ever raw to all of this, there's no finish. Raw just goes <laughs> off the air. That's such a lot. Main event goes off the air. Blah, blah, blah. WWE thinking, ah, oh, we really quite like this. And we didn't give them a finish, so we can give them a rematch. Like, Spooky Bollocks is not immune to WWE Raw rematch booking. We get the sequel the following week. Um, Asuka is now sort of terrified, I guess, of Alexa Bliss and her, her powers. Um, and there is another relatively competitive fight happening until it all goes daft. Um, Alexa Bliss is absorbing some blows in the corner. Why should didn't just switch to no cell black Alexa Bliss straight away? Who knows? <laughs> because surely you would just be that now that you've known that you've got that power. Why would you think, well, I'll start like this and I'll see if I need to use it. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's kicked me in the head. I best, but she doesn't switch to Black Gear pow- like powerful Alexa Bliss she switches to like 2016 Alexa Bliss what's the character from Suicide Squad that everybody said she ripped off uh, not Harley yeah Harley Quinn Harley Quinn Harley Quinn she's there uh, feet fetal position crying in the corner having this second as if oh my god I've been completely overtaken and now I'm myself again please stop attacking me no reason we get like five seconds to absorb that before we get Black Alexa Bliss, it was almost like she does have like a switch at the back. She's like, oh, wrong one. Sorry. Yeah. Like, there is like this old one, like, that's just labeled. 2017, I used to be over Alexa Bliss. And she was like, oh, sorry, no, I knocked that one two down. I should have just gone one down. Then we got blackbean bag Alexa Bliss, and then she absolutely decimates Asuka. Asuka's on her way to just like, on a one-way ticket to paint town before Rand Jordan returns and blasts Alexa Bliss with an RKO, which she fucking sells, Will Bond. So again, just to recap, Asuka's kicks, no effect. RKO, completely believable destruction of Alexa Bliss. We should have seen the Bray Wyatt finish coming.
0: Yeah. And this is a Randy Orton, who uh, the week prior had like a full-on face mask on because he was on so, us. Yeah. Don't forget the 3D Dorito on us sticking out with that white Mr Wrestling 2 mask. One week. He was so horrifically burned that he never... Oh, no, it turns out he just looks like that lad He's in Home so Alone when he gets an iron dropped on his face.
1: <laughs> he Get just better. went into just went into catering, you know, and like uh, like someone's face is being smashed into food or you want to eat a meal so much. You just do that gesture where you put your own hand behind your back and you go, hands free. Somebody Mm. did that to him on a
0: pizza and sent him out there, (laughs) just like. And in amongst all this, I want to mention that the Orton Bliss Fastlane match in a second. In amongst all this, Rhea Ripley has had a, a, a dreadful year considering she has won the world title at WrestleMania. But I, I have to admit, probably one of her highlights. Aside from, you know, winning the title, it wasn't a great match with Asuka, but it wasn't awful at the same time. Mm. It certainly wouldn't have got on this list. Um, no. It was just, it didn't really have a lot of audience involvement because they just sort of didn't build her up. And well, it's a story of Rhea Ripley's year. They didn't appreciate their backstory that has gone into all this. But the bit in the Royal Rumble where they're like, bloody God, Alexa is here. <laughs> and really, literally, <laughs> <laughs> It was absolutely fantastic. And we are heading into a weekend as we record this, where Alexa Bliss is obviously involved in Money in the Bank. And if she doesn't win, what? Because you have power to, to, like you say, freeze people on the spot with your terrifying uh, bin bag acquiring abilities. But also, (laughs) you've got a spooky doll thing now, and the ability to hypnotize people, like you say. Because... All the other people in this match are just like happy to be there, <laughs> <One of> the <laughs> zero or whatever, and yet now you've got, like you say, a woman instilled with the powers of Bray Wyatt. I assume so. If she doesn't mm-hmm. grab the briefcase, I mean, it's ridiculous to say. I mean, that. that's pretty Bray Wyatt, that isn't it? Really, like not using his powers effectively. She's kind of nailed it. But um, anyway, I've, 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 I've not mentioned this this fast lane match because. Oh, I was very giddy going into fast lane when I knew this was coming because we all knew what was gonna happen. And yeah, uh we got horrifically burned and Bray Wyatt returning.
1: The the funniest line of commentary all the year for me. This um God bless those commentators. Um <laughs> sadman verk last than a month. Oh. Uh the man, the man, the meme, the legend. Um Tom Phillips, much missed, by the way. Unfairly released, in my yeah. opinion, for this, this. He had to sell, um, including this. But yeah, uh, the commentary team don't stand a chance in 2021. This is not a credible product. and not They are not given credible lines to say, shouted at as they are by their 70-odd-year-old megalomaniacal boss. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so just under five minutes. Again, that magic Randy Orton fiend time. Uh, <laughs> we get this... We get this inter agenda or inter-powers match, I guess, um, at Fastlane, where Randy Orton spews goo, I do believe, where Alexa Bliss uses her powers to summon a wall of flames. And then, in just my favourite bit, like, manifests a, a, a flame attack at Randy Orton that the commentators say, and I quote, she didn't get all of it, which is what, <laughs> which is what Jim Ross used to say with somebody like whiff on a drop kick. They have found ways to talk around magic powers not working. A spotlight falls from the ceiling and just, and just misses him. just, you know. Um, aye, what a piss take man. And of course, the whole thing is there to tee up the burned girl, emerging from underneath the ring, and Alexa Bliss in what was some of the only physical contact between the two, um, pushing Randy Orton into the path of this strange, cooked, crispy lobster man that put him down and put him out for the night. And, and like, they were still able to do, like, a sexy pin. Mm. Like, she sat on Orton, which, again, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's just been us that have had a bit of an icky feeling about the way in which Alexa Bliss has been presented, and this didn't help any of that either.
0: No. How much is it of cameos from her um, at the moment? Oh Christ! Like about
1: five hundred dollars or something.
0: Weird, weird people. And yeah. yeah, let me
1: just do some like quick maths though. Like, let's add, to make it like, like a nicer way of doing this. I guess is if let's say it's six hundred dollars something. So what are you doing buying a belt when you can buy ten Alexa Bliss cameos? <laughs>
0: Uh, Before we get to the final entry on this, let's give a quick honourable mention to, well, you included uh, Rhea Ripley versus Nikki Cross. I'd also include Charlotte Flair versus Nikki Cross in amongst all this, Mm -hmm. where people forget, I had a bit of a breakdown over this, people forget (laughs) how beat the clock matches work, basically. Oh, God.
1: I put the Rhea Ripley one in rather than the Charlotte Flair one in because I found it more egregious. Like, Charlotte Flair is theoretically presented as the loudmouth heel queen that has beaten them all. So ideally, you don't want to be humiliating that character by making them an idiot. However, it's almost like the point of being at the greatest height is that you have the steepest fall. You know, in a story being told, well, not a complete disaster of a narrative like this. The (laughs) idea, like, you know... She was once, like, she now is in the gutter and she's looking back up at the stars where she used to be, that sort of... do many know if you haven't told that story, but theoretically, that's what you do with a character that has hit the heights of the Queen. Rhea Ripley is somebody that, you Christ, you need to preserve and protect at all costs because you're killing her again. And she is ostensibly still a babyface in her feud with Charlotte Flair yeah. and is the one to lay out the, well, I'll do away with this complete mug in two minutes. It's, it's her thing. She said she was going to do it. Like... Steve Austin didn't say, I'll take... It. Steve Austin, very literally, in the first row that won the ratings after 83 weeks, like, Cock show. ah, Vince, you old crone, I could beat you with one hand tied behind my back. And then Vince called him on it and said, wait a minute, Steve, you said you could beat me with one and he and he just did it. They got a piece of rope, and he, and he was, like, still battering him with one hand because he was the frigging hero, right? Maria Ripley says that's what she's going to do, and then just doesn't watch the clock, like right, engages in this pedestrian wrestling match with Nikki Cross. The two minutes run out, she's left caught with a pants down effectively, looking like an idiot for not paying attention to the stipulation C set. And worse still, you would think, and I think I used this comparison in the article, you would think Nikki Cross was Shawn Michaels after the Man match with Bret Hart, the way she celebrated. She's not gone 60, she's gone two. She's been taking a beating. She's been saved by the bell and then done laps around the ring as if, well, well that makes me the one contender, does not it? Like, that's bigger than the world title, IMO. What, just watch how they stage their wrestling show in which the job is to promote wrestlers to do the opposite across one segment is in itself an art form. It's no wonder that so often AEW's modus operandi is don't do what Donnie WWE does because this segment proves the destructiveness of it.
0: And then uh, and then they went to Hell in a Cell and uh, Charlotte got DQ'd. Aye, and what else happened in Hell in a Cell? They certainly didn't mention
1: Beat the Clock once, did they? Like yeah. uh, that, uh, that whole thing, it was Deborah in the My Way video. It suddenly <laughs> didn't exist in the video package. Cause <laughs> like, what about Beat the Clock? Yeah, that
0: so like, we'll just pretend that never happened. And like, oh, well, Nikki's got a fair few victories over these. Are we gonna like put insert her into some sort of triple threat? No, just dress up as a superhero. What? No, we've um, we got we've got three hundred blue Ric Flair baby girls that we need to re- repurpose into a cape and a mask. <laughs> right. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this podcast thinking, when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? Well, we've arrived because we have to talk about the zombie lumberjack match because. <laughs> This was absolutely insane, because, all right, I've seen like tie-ins before. This was for that Batista movie, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh god, you um, there was no. Right, correct me if I'm wrong. There was no like, on the night they suddenly went Whoa. yeah zombies and john morrison's backstage and blah 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 and he's gone into a locker room and gone oh bollocks what's happening in here but in the in the prelude to that there was no mention of, of i mean they said that the pay-per-view was sponsored by hang on i mean what was the pay-per-view sponsored by oh, i can't remember the sodding name of army of the dead um
1: I big dave big dave contributed a voiceover and there was a certain novelty to that wasn't there that he was doing the um the kind of like the profound cinematic entry to the show welcome to wrestlemania backlash i'm a bigger star than all of this now you know that kind of stuff um yeah you just you can't you can't do this you can't you can't integrate zombies into your wrestling show and present it as a normal occurrence and that was the that was the key sort of problem at the root of this that so many people in the online discourse misunderstood the amount so if i don't know if you remember this but like we've covered almost all of the pandemic era pay-per-views together at like the daft four in the morning Hmm. asmr reviews we've called them because i haven't whisper them so not to wake up our families um and yeah this was one i missed I, i wasn't able to cover it so me and you weren't reacting befuddled together to this. Mm. So I got to pick up on this the next day. And I remember that John Morrison segment. It's like oh, I'm just gonna go check on the lumberjacks. And it's like, yeah, fair enough. You've sold me on a lumberjack. John Morrison's maybe we're gonna try and pay them off or yeah. sweet talk them In a, uh, great. Absolutely great. Uh and then it's, <laughs> it's it's zombies. It's like oh what there's just people that don't want to do it. Is that what you're saying? It's like the mid-card is it was it is it a gag? You know MVP keeps mentioning catering. Bobby Lashley goes backstage and nobody knows their asses from their elbow back in the locker room. Zombies <laughs> is it? it's like Oh, no, it's literal zombies. It's actual literal zombies. And not just any zombies, which, by the way, Wilbon aren't real. Uh, it's zombies that have fully been briefed on the rules of a lumberjack match, <laughs> apparently. And are Festus zombies, because they are triggered by the sound of a bell. Like, they'll do nothing at the first one, but that second one, you can't keep them off, yeah? Um, Karma stepped in, because this was a piece of garbage. This match was irredeemable trash. And what did WWE for presenting this? Unadvertised, without any briefing of the audience beforehand, they got Mr Reliable, The Miz, picking up his first injury in nearly 20 years. And he's been out ever since. Typical The Miz, by the way, I should say, that he's made something out of nothing with this wheelchair. Like, how great has he been in this ludicrous role? Um, but yeah, Miz got hurt. Miz got fucking hurt in a zombie match. Maybe they are real because that guy's never been injured and a bite from one of them cursed him.
0: I was going to say, never mind that. John Morrison got eaten, and they just went tasted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, nothing matters. It was like it was impossible. It was irredeemable. This match, um, Damien Priest and the Miz had fought three hundred times, but you were going to allow them one last payoff, and then this. I, I, it's just the bad faith. Come on, guys, just enjoy it for what it is. It's a bit of fun, and it's like I, you, you can't just do this. Hmm. There are, there are so many rules that you can break in this universe, and WWE has experimented in breaking as many of them as possible. <laughs> but thousands of people less watching Raw, thousands of people less buying tickets to Madison Square Garden rather than Arthur Ashe Stadium are the reasons why you cannot do this. You know, do you want me to watch this? And <laughs> just putting smiles on faces. Like I bet they're putting less smiles on faces than ever before because of this. You said we should laugh along with the bin bin monster, <laughs> and people left in drawers. You said that we should laugh along with Samoa Joe's infamous commentary line: "It's out." <laughs> when <laughs> that's Rollins poked out Rey Mysterio's eye, and then it miraculously appeared fine again six months later, and people disappeared. And you are saying it again when zombies eat a man, and then he's back with the power of a fucking water pistol that may or may not be firing jizz after a zombie match. And thousands more have left. 20,000 people are going to attend a SmackDown that will air just a day after we've recorded this podcast. You will not get them every week if you continue to promote the idea that zombies are real
0: rule-following semi-professional wrestlers. <laughs> Still though, nice to see Scotty Too Hoty back in a WWE ring. So,
1: like, the more I think about this, we're going to end this podcast where it started, right? We're going to end this podcast where it started. Um, huh, yeah, not very believable, is it? When uh, six guys gather around the ring and wait for one of the young bucks to do a dive? When would that happen in real life? Like in zombie lumberjacks, pal. <laughs> Check, in, mate. Like. Name me the 10. Replies, name me the 10 and I'll write you. Your... Give me the entries and I'll write you a friggin' aw list. Or maybe I won't because maybe our very sort of switched on boss won't approve it because he knows it's bad
0: faith. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the ring didn't explode properly in the, yeah. in the you know, Omega Moxley match and, and Chris Jericho fell on some cardboard. But zombie lumberjacks, mate. Zombie <laughs> lumberjacks. Just bonkers. And the good news is, this is like, Two birds, one stone, because all I really need to do is slightly amend my intro and outro, and we can probably use this in December, because I sincerely doubt, now fans are actually back, that, that WWE will, will top these 10, but but yeah, I'm faith in them. Who knows? Track this podcast, isolate what you just said, and it can be the
1: start of our full end of year list where, like, we didn't see that coming. We didn't see Roman Reigns in a shark pool match. Oh, God.
0: Oh, WWE, you never fail to surprise me. And that's not necessarily a good thing. Uh, But let us know your thoughts on the worst WWE matches of this year so far on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilbur. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And that's where you can send your responses to, to this list, of course, and the AEW version of it. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. And check out WhatCulture.com and Michael Hamflit, uh for more lists just like this. But this has been the worst WWE match of 2021 so far. Uh, my thanks to Michael Hamlet, the guy behind this list. Thank you for joining us. And <laughs> we will see you soon.